Hello and welcome to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply, where we talk to support professionals from all over the world and discuss what's behind their team's success. This interview is brought to you by Nice Reply, an all-in-one customer satisfaction tool that helps you measure and improve the quality of your customer service. My name is Craig Stoss, and I'm here today with Craig Chrysler, the Chief Operating Officer of Support Ninja. Thanks for being here, Craig. Hey, Craig. Good to see you again, as usual. Yeah, always a great conversation, Craig, and thank you for taking the time. So for our listeners, Support Ninja is a BPO company that does outsourcing primarily in the Philippines. And today we are here to talk about the considerations for their success if they are looking to outsource. So let's start with what services do your clients want to outsource and which ones do they not? Uh, that's a good question. So um, in general, you know, for us, uh, at least at Support Ninja, most of the folks that come to us are looking to kind of supplement their current customer support teams. So it might be that they have an in-house team and they're looking to outsource some portion of their work um, or all of it, you know, because, you know, obviously sometimes customer support is not something they want to keep in-house, especially for tech-enabled companies. Um, you know, the other aspects of what we see is we see like data entry and data tagging. We see some accounting functions being outsourced. We see also as well content moderation, which is pretty uh, robust now, especially, you know, Craig, as you know, like people are starting to shift towards doing support in the content in the social media realm and like how do you do that effectively while doing content moderation among communities and all that stuff. Um, those are the primary areas that we see it. There are a lot of other little nuances to it where you see people who were doing, you know, for example, we're doing graphic design for a few different companies that need kind of an app graphic design. So we've been doing that kind of work for like streaming channels and a few other things like that. Um, but it tends to be uh, kind of like, you know, what we would, you know, what traditionally folks consider kind of an entry level position to the existing company, you know, kind of where people may get in their foot in the door. That is usually where they outsource. Um, to go to the second question on kind of where we don't see people outsourcing. Um, well, I always tell people don't outsource your core business. Like if there's something that's that's fundamental to your business that, you know, you need to keep in house, there's really, you don't want to outsource that. So we don't see, for example, hardcore engineering being outsourced, you know, like you don't see, um, you know, full blown product development, although, you know, now you can do components of product development being outsourced. Uh, but in terms of like the main code, the the secret sauce of any organization, you know, you know, you, we don't see that being outsourced. And I normally recommend, you know, don't outsource that stuff. It's a little bit much, you know. You, it's almost like as if you had a remote team, you know, and, you know, in your own company that worked in some other part, would you do, you, what do you want close to you? Keep those people close. You know, like those are the people that you want to keep close. Don't necessarily outsource the core business work. Yeah, that makes sense as a real place to start. Um, given, given the variety of what you just described, all of those different services, uh, your clients must come to you in a various state of preparedness. So what would be the wish list? If you, if I were a leader looking to outsource, what is that checklist that I need to consider for my outsourcing needs when I reach out to a BPO? Great question. So, so the number one is uh, knowing what you want to outsource. You know, um, I, that, that sounds like it, you should know it if you're already talking to an outsourcer, but a lot of folks may not know exactly what they want to outsource. Um, and I, the way I describe it to folks who are coming to us and we get at Support Ninja, and we service people that come to us maybe with a, they've only run CS through a Gmail account. <laughs> you know, they have like two people, you know, going through that. And to people who have full blown, they know exactly what they're doing. You know, they have a Zendesk set up or whatever the case may be, some, you know, uh, some sort of system in place. Um, the way I describe it to them is I go, look, 
imagine if I was to tell you you're going to hire a team to do this internally. Do you understand the job description of what they're going to do? Do you understand the process that they're going to follow? Do you understand the, the tools that they're going to use to do, to do the work? And then what portion of that, you know, is being done internally that you're basically trying to move off? Uh, if you have those kind of things set up, that kind of lets you know what you're trying to outsource. Because we really focus at Support Ninja on kind of the remote team model. Like this is a team of people that work for you and they just happen to be in the Philippines. And so that it makes it real, you know, tangible to them to understand that, oh, okay, so you're really talking about like a job description. I'm like, yeah, if you had a job description of what it looked like, that would be fantastic. It would be give us something to work from and we know what we're trying to build for you. Yeah, so it really is the same as hiring anyone. Whether they are sitting next to you or as uh, an outsourced individual, you really need to understand what the goals of that person are and what they are trying to achieve. Right. And you'd be surprised at how many people don't really have that completely cooked up yet when they come to us. Because they're like, I just know that it's really bad and I just want more people to help. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Okay, well, how can we help? Like, tell us you know, specifically. Um, that helps us a lot. You know, if, 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 if and anyone who's considering outsourcing should know that as well. It's really helpful to know that. Yeah, absolutely. Clarity is is key. So I'm curious now, some, someone has come to you with that clear idea, that job description, good idea of the process and tooling they want to use. And, and maybe this is a two-part question. So first off, how do you ensure your clients are successful? Like what are the key tasks that an outsourcing company does to make sure that their clients achieve their outcomes? So there's a couple of things that we do at Support Ninja, but I think it's really, really, really important, you know, for clients to, if, if anybody who's potentially looking at outsourcing, some key things that they need to know. Um, so one is, is that, you know, is the implementations process is understanding that like we're building a team for you, you know, so if you go to an outsourcer, they're building a team for you. And so imagine if somebody was building a team for you, you want them to ask you questions about how is historical performance? Where do you want to go from a branding perspective? How do you, it, well, we're talking specifically around customer support, you know, like how, what kind of KPIs do you want them to be? Is, do you want your first response time to be under two hours? If you're doing chat, it needs to be less than two minutes. It, you know, all of those things should be asked and discussed with any outsourcing partner because the, that really will allow them, will allow you to be set up for success with this remote team. We, we tell folks when they on board with us, you're going to get us, we're going to ask you a lot of questions because we want to understand you. You know, we want you to be, we want to be able to build a team that's aligned with you. Um, and so um, your outsourcing partner should be asking you all those questions. It shouldn't just be like, here's a box, fit in this box, good luck. You know, it's definitely the more questions that are asked, the more that they'll, they'll kind of get, you'll get the results that you want. And then that leads to, you know, all of the other stuff. KPI creation, glide path goals, you know, all of these things that allow your team to be successful for you. Um, one other thing I will note is that if you have a tangible end result to outsourcing, so meaning that, you know, you want to be able to give your support team time off, you know, your internal support team, um, you're, uh, tell that to your outsourcing provider, because if they know what the goal is, they're going to be able to hit it, you know, and, and, it's, and if they know that, you just want to be able to reduce your staff time by 20% and allow people to have a day off without working 12 hour days. That's great. We know what the goal is. That's our whole goal. We're going to try to make that happen. Yeah. Highlighting communication and collaboration seems like a no brainer. I feel like that boosts your previous point about clarity. Really. It, it just comes down to what are you trying to achieve and, and make sure you articulate that. Uh, I, I think the second part of the, the question is 
is what does the client do to make this partnership successful? If I'm a sport leader who, who wants to make this a success for my business, there must be some internal things that I need to do in, in conjunction with, with the things that you do as, as the partner. So this is where it gets a little bit tricky because a lot of people will think like, be, you know, outsourcing is supposed to take, make my time less, you know, I'm supposed to have less time, but th that's not necessarily the case, um, you know, because it is your remote team, you know, the, the outsourcing partner, like we have management in place, we have HR, we have all of the systems in place to have your remote team happy and healthy and excited to work and all that stuff. Um, but we need client participation in terms of, you know, talking to our training team and developing the training, make sure they understand clearly what's happening in terms of the and accessibility, you know, um, whether it be, talking to the client success team that we have or um, working directly with your team managers or the feet on the street, you know, having that time allotted um, to do that. Um, you know, one of the things I would say, one of the hurdles that we have in terms of folks outsourcing, and this is common not only among us, but also in other outsourcers is that um, some clients will come and they'll say, I just want you to run it. I don't even want to talk to you. Mm we need to talk to you. We need your participation in this thing. The only way it will be successful is if we have that participation. Now, granted, if it's doing well, you may not need to talk to them that much, but in the first 90 days, the, the first kind of kickoff to basically kind of let you, know, you've gotten through glide path goals, you're in formal production, you know, all that stuff, being available and being accessible during that period is really important. The second part of it coming down back to communication is that, um, we work with tech-enabled companies, and Craig, I know that you know this because you've been working in tech for a long time too. There's iterations of products that occur, you know, not on a standard cycle, and there's some updates that occur that we're not anticipating. Um, communicate those to to your remote team, just as if you would an internal team. You know, putting them in the loop uh, is really important. Now, um, one thing I really like to ask the clients, and I think it's important, is put us into your ecosystem. You know, whether if you're using Slack, get our team into your Slack or let's create a shared Slack channel or, you know, get us into your systems where we're part of your team. The best teams are the ones where you have a camaraderie between us all, um, your remote team. And it's it's more internal. They love it. Um, you know, the teams that, you know, where the, the boss says, hey, can you send them a birthday cake? It's their birthday. Like that's the best integration, right? Because it's personal. Um, they're your team, you know, you understand that. And then, then those iterations of the product become seamless, right? Because then you're just talking to your teammates, you know, just as if you would normally. Yeah, I'm a huge believer in that. You, you don't want to ostracize a team or create an us versus them mentality for sure. But maybe diving into that just a bit more, how does company culture translate to an outsourced team? That's great. I mean, besides the stuff where I was talking about, you know, getting them into your ecosystem, becoming, you know, where they're part of your teams. I mean, I have some teams that actually are in the, the monthly kind of company review, you know, like they're actually in that meeting with everybody else, which I think is fantastic. You know, we all have NDAs, so they're not going to share anything. You know, the, you know, that's one, but it, the other aspect is stuff of like, visit your team. I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but actually physically go to your outsourcing provider site, wherever that is, you know, if there's a way you can get your team together so you can physically meet them, you know, it's, it's, it's the some stuff we're dealing with with COVID right now, right? Like where we're all trying to figure out how do we <laughs> connect. And, and once it gets back to normal, you know, I think like physical presence is helpful. Um, and the other thing too, is, is to have consistent and meaningful meetings with your team, 
you know, and, and most, and I recommend, you know, zoom calls, you know, like do it where you can see face to face, see each other, create that connection, uh, understand who your team is. Now, granted, if you have a big team, if you have 150, 200 people, it's a little bit hard to do. Um, but, um, I do, I do think though that, you know, some sort of consistent communication, I have a couple of people and I do it for our own team, you know, cause technically I'm in the U S and I have, you know, almost 900 people in the Philippines that work. I do a video every week to them all talking to them and saying like, how's it going? It's great to see you guys. I'm glad you're okay. You know, but I do that every week just to make sure I kind of kind of can keep that personal connection. So they know who I am. Um, so those kinds of things I think are really, yeah, important. absolutely. You know, you mentioned COVID and, and maybe we'll end on this with the growth of remote teams and seeing work from home becoming more popular and jobs not being limited by geography. Do, do you see any trends in the outsourcing world or, or other things that support leaders need to, to jump on quite quickly? Yeah. I mean, so what's interesting for us, I think in this might be a, you know, I, I would say this is maybe a little controversial for the industry, but I don't think it really is. I mean, I think what happened with COVID, it became, you know, as, as all of us moved remote, right. As whole groups of, companies started to be like, you know, maybe there's 20 people in an office that normally seats 300, you know, like this, this movement to remote kind of changed a lot of like the C-level exec team perspective on can I run remote teams easily, right? Um, some companies do it better than others, but in general, all of them have found that for the most part, you know, you can be remote and do it. What I think it's done for outsourcing specifically is that it's really done, it's kind of solidified what we all knew in the outsourcing industry was that basically now you have a worldwide labor market, uh, being that you can go find the smartest people to do the best stuff for you anywhere, because really all they need to do is have a, a decent ISP and a computer. You can set up a virtual desktop so it's secure and they can do great work for you pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, so even for us at Support Ninja, like we're doing stuff like spinning up a team in Morocco, you know, and we can do that now that's French speaking, you know, that we can do that, you know, before we were kind of tied into the idea of having this physical site, you know, and, and you need to be in the space, but now we can go, well, why don't we just find the best people to do the job anywhere in the world, you know? And I think that has changed the industry quite a bit because I think now people are starting to focus more on, you know, where do you find quality talent, the, the best people to do the job and really go get them and less about, you know, are you in this specific location or do you need to be a grad? There's some people that you can't, you know, like if you're, you know, if you're doing government work, you can't really go outside of the U S as an example, that's just the rules, you know? Um, but in other folks, in other things, it really expands the market in general. And I think, um, I think it just validates what, like I said, what we've all known in the outsourcing industry for a long time, you just find great people wherever they are and get them working and they'll do great work for you. You know? What a great note to end on. Hire great people and they will do great things. Uh, th thanks so much, Craig. Hopefully this helps our listeners navigate the outsourcing process much more easily and allows them to expand beyond the, the current geographic limitations. Uh, really appreciate you being here and great conversation as always. I appreciate it, Craig. Great to see you, man. And thank you all for listening to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply with today's guest, Craig Chrysler of Support Ninja. Make sure to check out our other support interviews and more quality content at nicereply.com.